Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Welcome to Night After Night, a podcast about eight seasons in a row. I am Lisa Fernandes and... I'm Chris Jai Wardna. And we're about to discuss an episode from season one of Laverne and Shirley, Fake Out at the Stakeout. Directed by Alan Lyerson, written by Deborah Leschen and David W. Duclon. I don't know if you've done any research on what the heck they were up to, but go for it, Chris. Uh, so yeah, Meyerson, as as we know before, was uh, you know wonderful um, television director. Did a lot of sitcom work. Uh, we did quite a few episodes of Laverne and Shirley. The writers, I actually did not get around to. To my surprise, we're looking them up for this episode. Um, but uh, we're going to find out in just a moment. I'm going to cut this so that I don't look like a complete and total idiot. I was going to say, I think uh, I know what they did. I don't. I think they wrote my favorite uh, so episode. So all I see credited here is Deborah Leshen on IMDb. And she was a writer, scripty for Rhoda. Uh-huh. Uh, did two episodes of Bustin' Loose. Okay. Let's see. Let me just see if I can like get the yep, clip. Yep, she did. yep, they did. They did. They wrote my favorite episode. They wrote Look Before You Leap. <gasps> wow. Yes. Nice. Um, okay. So picking up where we left off. Yes. Um, so the author of this episode, uh, uh, the so IMDb credits only as Deborah Leshen, but it's on the is it on the episode? There's an extra name. Uh, it's on the episode and it's on uh, Wikipedia. On Wikipedia, okay, which means that there might be some WGA credit issue in the way there. So, but yeah, so Deborah Le- uh, Leshen, I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly, which I apologize for. But they were Deborah, if you're out uh, there, they were correct us. <laughs> it's a. Um, uh, wrote a lot of other television shows at the same time, uh, including five other episodes of Laverne and Shirley, including uh, one which is uh, quite a favorite of yours, if I recall correctly. Yes, yes, yes. yes and uh, and uh, as well as four episodes of Rhoda. And it looks like they kind of kind of retired, kind of she kind of got finished up in the '90s and hasn't really worked much since. But mm-hmm. it's good to see, you know, this is a this is someone who definitely um, went on to write quite a few other episodes of the show. So we get a chance to see what they see what they got right now. Yeah. And this is what the episode was about. The girls arrive home to find that their clothing have been stolen. Realizing they've been ripped off, they initially call on Frank for help. Frank calls the police and the officer who arrives thinks that this is the work of the Milwaukee Masher. A man who dresses up in women's clothing to mug innocent victims in a nearby park. When they discover that the precinct has no female officers, Laverne volunteers to work as a decoy because she's become smitten with the reporting officer, Norman Hughes. A concerned Shirley calls Carmine in to provide self-defense lessons. That's not enough to make Shirley feel like Laverne will be safe. When Laverne forgets her binoculars at home, Shirley rushes to the park to help her, and the two women soon find themselves in the, in the infamous Masher's crosshairs. What do you think of this episode? I definitely love the physical comedy in this one. It's a wonderful balance of zingers and gags. It's uh, it's th- this is one of those episodes where the timing really gets to shine. I feel like, and yes. and it's kind of cool that it's it was able to take something that's kind of serious, play it goofy, but not yet entirely dismiss the seriousness of what's going on. So it's uh, it's good. It's it. I will say it also felt very vaudevillian in in its comedy. Yes. Yes. There's definitely like a perfume of vaudeville throughout the series, and a lot of that has to do with how Gary Marshall um, started learning uh, in, you know, in the Catskills. He kind of learned to, to write comedy, writing stand-up. 
So it's kind of learned from those old timers, and you can kind of feel that, and that perfumes the show in a lot of ways. Um, I think what's interesting is this is where the show's physical comedy starts to ramp up and ramp up and ramp up until it becomes what the show is known for, until we start getting into more and more elaborate physical stunts, until we're actually looking at mm -hmm. stuff that Cindy and Penny are doing on screen. And you're sitting there going, how the heck did they survive this? Hmm. You know what I mean? We have them clinging to a Murphy bed eventually, being thrust oh, backwards into a wall, and then back out into the uh, back out into the space of the room. And it's like, how did they survive that? How did they, they got an award from the Stuntman's Union because of this. And that's oh my a gosh. good cause. Oh my good gosh. Cause. Yeah. Which, 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 by the way, just just to quickly interject, stunt people are fantastic, talented individuals and deserve an Oscar. I, I yeah, need to take do. the opportunity to say that. Oh, yeah, they do. Hell, yeah, they do. But yes, this is the first episode where we get to see Norman Hughes, who will become Laverne's on-again, off-again boyfriend in season two. I'm pretty sure he doesn't pop up in season three, but in season two, he's there pretty frequently. Pretty frequently. What do you think of him? Yeah, he, he, I, I really enjoyed him. I, I love that he's he has this kind of like character actor charm so yes. that he's they, they play him as again kind of like the straight man to them being so goofy. Yeah. But um, but he gets these wonderful little like soft moments and kind of funny moments. I, I think the, the fact that they really worked on him being the cop and building so much of the comedy out of that, I think, is what was great, because sometimes the line delivery is the line said in a goofy way isn't funny, but him saying in that straight, you know, serious like you know officer voice like mm -hmm. that that makes it work like what was it the uh uh they mentioned dick tracy and the character that dick would send out to you know be the decoy and he goes yeah we were th we thought about that but uh eh, we don't have any women officers you know and it's like yeah. it's yeah. there's a goofiness to the way that he says it in that straight manner yeah i think it was test Trueheart he mentioned i think I yeah that's think. that's right that's right test Trueheart. thank you yes um I, my I, favorite i didn't grow up as a dick tracy person neither did i not even with the uh the movie that came out with um, Warren Beatty and Madonna and uh, Pacino, 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 just eating uh, that cereal as fast as it can eat it. That's a, mm. That is a performance. That is a performance. That's all I got to say. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite Norman Hughes line in this episode was, no one's going to attack a musical group. Yes. <laughs> so he delivered that. was so great. It was so great. He's For me, good. it probably was the, uh, do you want to go to, uh, there's the, what is it, the FBI's, uh, the FBI ball or something yeah, like that, yeah, or the, uh, yeah. or that, that it's a, it's a seminar or something. Some, the thing he asks, uh, Laverne out on the date at the end. Yeah. And it's just, it's again, it's the, this is how you're, this is your ask buddy. Like you really yeah. got to work on your material here with women. <laughs> and then they end up going to the circus. Yeah. Which is a which very is, Laverne would, activity A. And B, mm -hmm. I love that Shirley didn't like it because a camel dirtied on her foot. <laughs> and, it's, what, what, and you can hear them muttering, arguing with each other. And it's like, you pushed me. I didn't push you. It just did the, it did its thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that, the, the banter here is really good in this episode. Mm -hmm. This is one of those episodes that's very, very, very much about the girls and how they interact with one another and how they try to keep each other from... Uh, Dying horrible deaths, basically, in Shirley's point of view, that's what's happening here. Right, exactly right. what's happening here. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, that's the thing. Even though it's unclear, you know, clearly when the, the perp is finally seen at the conclusion, you know, he's, he's not armed. But 
you know, the, the term, the masher, you know, it, yeah. it, it makes you think of like, he's going to have a club. He's going to beat people to death. Um, but to, to go with what you were saying about how getting to have the banter and the connection between the characters, what yeah. I also loved in this episode is we're kind of far enough into the first season here that we finally get to have almost like callbacks. Like there's the, the all alone, you know, and yeah. the, uh, uh, even like the way that, you know, there's these little references that start yeah. kind of coming back, you know, yeah. that don't come off as self aggrandizing. It's more like, Oh, well, we've done enough of these episodes with the audience to know what jokes are landing. So we can kind of bring that stuff back in. And like the world is getting a little more fleshed out in the process. It feels like. Yeah. Yeah. There, the, everything was chaotic at this point behind the scenes. Um, mm. writers, the writer's room was the most chaotic place on the Paramount lot at this point in time, which is really interesting when you see how the show manages to come together and still land and still be funny and still be good all these years later. Because, you know, everything was messy. It was very messy. We're going to get more into that when we hit How Do You Say Are You Dead in German? Because there was some interesting behind-the-scenes information that we uh, mm. bumped into recently, which would be fun to talk about. But yeah, I don't know how much of that was the actors noticing this and going, aha, and notating, or if how much of it was uh, the producers. Because the, the directing staff would not solidify until season three, when one guy directed the majority of the season. Hmm. And then that didn't happen again. Mm. And but the, and the writer's staff was constantly on and off, constantly, um, like I said, chaotic. Uh, the writers and the actors did not get along, to mm. put it plainly. To put it plainly. Mm. So to me, that's you know, it's interesting what sticks and what becomes a running gag. We're gonna get more running gags. Most of the running gags are gonna be in cement uh, by the last episode of the season. When that happens, I will indeed bring it up because I did make a note of what the heck all the little gags that get cemented in place will keep occurring. Hmm. So it's, yeah, it's it's yeah, okay. It's, it's, it's just interesting to think of, you know, that perspective of how, like, you know, it's a... There, there's there's the time of like you know people try to force a catchphrase you know or we're gonna put all this marketing push behind something and you don't know at when you're creating what you are creating how it's going to be you know people are going to react to it what's yeah. going to take off and what won't yeah. like the 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 hello gags you know yeah. become pretty consistent whenever the boys yes. are in an episode yeah. and and this this one I felt was one of the better ones in this uh in this episode to be to be honest and yeah, you have to say it you have to say it <laughs> and and it's a um. Uh, and there's the, the, uh, yeah, it's, 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 oh, and the other thing also was like, just, yeah, the consistency of having like Dwayne and Eddie, like, and yeah. actually see them again right away in the first, the first scene, yeah. um, you know, it's great to like make it feel, it makes the world feel more, I guess, uh, uh, contiguous. Yes. I, I think that's the word. Yes. Contiguous. Con continuous perhaps, uh, um, solidified perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. But like yeah. even um uh like them on the bench singing in the still of the night and remembering you know yeah. the um once upon a rumor you know yes. where that was that that was what Squeaky was singing on the at the end you know the shoo yep. doo yeah. yep yep and Plenty providing his little backup music and yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's a very 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 it's chaotic yet not chaotic yet character based yet not character based this show is not like nothing else in the universe. It's a it's a beast of its own, a yeah. bundle of contradictions. Yeah, yeah. 
And you'll see that as time goes on. You'll definitely see that as time goes on. I was going to mention that this is the first episode where Boo Boo Kitty really becomes um, a more noticeable part of the plot. Uh, even right. more. Even more later on in the series. Obviously, there will be more plots about Boo Boo Kitty. And Boo Boo Kitty will become um, Shirley's talisman, so to speak. Her, the symbol of her innocence in a lot of ways. Boo Kitty still resides with Shirley, with Shirley, Jesus, with Cindy. <laughs> Thank you, in real life. Hmm. Uh, and the origin point of the prop is that they just happen to find it in the, uh, among the props at the studio. And she liked you know, the, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I mean, where did it come from? Like, yeah. is it like this cosmic entity? Is Boo <laughs> Kitty really this magical being from beyond space and time? Beware the cat. Beware the cat. But that's kind of like the kismet that guided the show in a lot of ways because this is how this is how um, Penny found Laverne's elf. What happened was she was doing a wardrobe fitting. She happened to find a sweater that was vintage. That was a letter sweater. It had an A on it. I think it was an A. And she said, can we get rid of the A and put an L on it? Let's put an L on everything. And that way it will be shorthand she won't have to keep saying my name. There'll be a visual cue. So with the L, and they'll go, ah, L, Laverne. And they'll have to keep going, Laverne, Shirley, Laverne, Shirley, uh, for the weeks. And- mm-hmm. Yeah, which, which, yeah, which when writing, God, that gets so frustrating. Yeah. She hated that. She hated, you know, the repetition. She didn't want the repetition. She, you know, she wanted to just give them a shorthand sign so she wouldn't have to keep having, having Cindy say her name over and over again. Uh, that's how the L became trademark. Mm. Really neat. I, I thought that, I, those, are my, those are some of my favorite little bits of trivia in the yeah. show. Is that it was pure accident. Some of it came from some of the stuff came from real life. Uh, some of it just happened to be them bumping into the right thing. Some of it happened to be um, a producer dictated, very dictated. It's very it's all interesting in the end. It's all interesting in the end. The way things come together for a show like this. Yeah, it becomes a very collaborative project in that sense because there's always a little bit of something here or there coming from this person or that person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, um, Phil Foster gets a great bit on the phone here during this episode where he's trying to call uh, Laverne's Aunt Josephine, trying to convince her to take both of the girls in so they won't be in danger anymore. I thought he had a nice little bit of supporting presence in this particular this episode in particular. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love that. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I enjoyed it. Um, I also did wonder if the Aunt Josephine, Josephine as a name was because, you know, you and I just watched uh, Some Like It Hot recently. <laughs> and it, it made me think it was like, Josephine? Hmm. But the um, that definitely made, gave me pause. But certainly, I, I love that with God, he's only in the episode for maybe a total of like six minutes at most, but he really makes that uh, that time work. Yeah. And and I love and and his the the you know one side of phone conversation timing is really hard to nail, but uh, the 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 his, his the delivery of it's 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 like uh, it's 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 like Joseph it's Josephine you're sitting down Laverne was nearly killed tonight and then pause. <laughs> What do you mean? Call you back in ten minutes? Yes, yeah, great gag. That's a great gag. I love that uh, so it's, much. It's so good. It's so I good. love that. That just that's just a call back to him trying to talk to her about Sal Molina. The we're getting engaged. 
My friend's engaged. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Yeah, she's engaged. <laughs> that sound does not happen a whole ton uh, as it goes on, which makes me yes, this makes me sad for what could have been. But mm. uh, it's it's funny while it lasts. I'll tell you that much. Okay, this is the first time you know we see Carmine post his breakup with Shirley. And it's interesting how he's kind of big brother here, and not big brother here, but doing a favor for Shirley, but, you know, kind of not yeah. doing a favor for Shirley, so. Right. So. Oh, yeah, and I and it's a, I don't want to dunk on Carmine too much, because he, <laughs> he still tries to help. He, he gives them yeah. some helpful advice. He makes them feel like, you know, just do what, do what you have to do. Here's a trick. You know, here's something you can do. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it was fascinating to see you could feel the dynamic had changed, and what was also interesting to me is from an actor perspective, the chemistry worked a little better than it did with Shirley and Carmine as a couple. At least it did for me. Yeah. Well, um, that's that's what I felt I had noticed. But it was it was interesting. Uh, that being said, man, the big ragu on his on his jacket just oh yeah. Um, <laughs> it just it just that just doesn't work for me. We already have one person with a, with their their their. Uh, there's subtitle on the on the back of their jacket, and he's fine. He's he's doing fine. The yeah. uh, well, that was a yeah. thing in the '50s, so that's why it became a thing for everybody in the show during the. Oh, uh, that's right. So. That's right because all p- culture is monolithic. It's a slightly, <laughs> sl- it's, it's slightly bitterly as I as I in my head I'm still designing science fiction worlds. <laughs> but to me, like. I think you you probably are going to at least be uh, impressed with uh, how he changes a little bit. Uh, they're gonna keep being on and off again, as we know, and blah blah blah. It's gonna keep shape shifting. I've said that before, but it's hard not to dunk on Carmine sometimes. It really is when you take uh, the whole series together. What I found is I'm rewatching the show is that I like Carmine less than I did, and. I like Lenny more, which is funny because he's my favorite. He's my uh, my hmm. absolute favorite, and uh, I don't know why that is. But yeah, I, I used to like. Oh, I, I, at least with Carmine and Shirley, you kind of see how they're both at fault at certain points. But the way mm-hmm. he just carries himself sometimes. But anyway, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Even the, I mean, it's a great line, you know, and it's a great zinger yeah. in the show, which is, you know, and, and maybe sometime I'll tell you how to take on, how to fight two people and it's uh, at <laughs> once. And it's like, how do you do that? Bring a friend. It's a great line, but it's also like, it, it's not taking the thing seriously. Like, that's the kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yes, it's funny. Oh, what was it? I, it, I was, I just heard this, this quote from uh, the Simpsons the other day. Um, it's true, but he shouldn't say it, you know. Yeah, was... <laughs> I mean, that, that is that is in many respects Carmine in a nutshell for me. Yeah, but he was really, he, to be fair to him, he was supportive. He tried to help Laverne. Laverne could pretty much kick his butt, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Laverne is badass in the show. Let's be real. She can probably literally physically pick up uh, the majority of the men in the show. Uh, she literally does pick up Lenny at one point in a fireman's carry. Since there's how strong Penny was. Penny said she didn't, uh, Penny said she didn't know where the heck her strength came from when she would do that stuff. But, uh, yeah, she just, it's just powered by her, her bitterness. (laughs) Her cynicism is the, is the, is the energy. Yes. The hate makes her stronger, stronger. 
Now I just want to see Penny Marshall in a 1980s made She-Hulk movie. Oh my god, that would have been great. That would have been so cool. Because you can is imagine it... her in the court courtroom scenes. Yes. And then, and then, yes. And then going out flipping cars and stopping bad guys. <laughs> I can picture that. I can really picture that, come to think of it. Come to think of it. Oh, that would be funny. Okay. Well, speaking of the boys, we got a really good chicken fight scene in this one. And oh this my the... god. Yeah, go for it. Uh, yeah, just that's the setup to that. The pay, and I love how it just it swerves in. It's already funny because of the 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 arguing and the ta- the tackle with Shirley yeah. on top, and then they come in and just swerve right into there and just land that joke like a like a spectacular Michael Bay car crash. <laughs> I mean that because it's it's a positive thing. A yes, car crash yes. in a Michael Bay movie is a positive thing because you're getting your entertainment. Don't don't misrepresent me there, folks. <laughs> I love the line, why do we let them in our house? Like, you got right. a choice, girls. Oh, my God, we have a choice. I know, I love that. Oh, and I love the stinger at the end with the yes. uh, the the alarm system. Yes, yes, which we never see again, because that would uh, ruin the comedy. Yeah, I, right. <laughs> I mean, it would have been funny if, like, you know, I mean, it's one of those, if you were making a continuity-driven show, the great thing would be the first next episode after they come in, uh, after they come back, is uh, you see, um, what's his name? Squiggy or Lenny, you know, with something behind his back, and then yeah. you see him like holding this little, you know, like device. So really, well, they come in they... wearing gear muffs. You know? hmm. <laughs> they could have done anything really simple like that. Like that—that that, that was a great little button on the scene where they just—the noise is too incredible, and they go running for their lives back upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, and speaking of the boys, I love the detective outfits so much. Yes. How Michael's able to pull it off, and Squiggy with his his t shirt, his jeans, those sneakers, and that way too big of a coat. Yes, this is the first time where they take on they basically role play. They're basically like kids role playing in mm. a lot of ways. And this is the first time that they get to put on costumes and play detective. They will play fireman repeatedly. Uh, they'll play cowboys at least once. Um, all kinds of stuff coming up. All kinds of stuff coming up. Two of them. Well, it was the era of the village people. Yeah. This was that era. That was that era. But no, that that to me is just like like little kids just like having fun in a lot oh, of yeah. ways. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which is which is one of the things I appreciate about the show, and and also, and it becomes part of the interesting dichotomy of this episode is that there's a sense of. The girls are being confronted by this threat, which is now an adult threat as they're, you know, but they're still kind of kids. And so, yeah, they're, you know, they're asking yeah. dad, they're asking their friends for advice. You know, they get the boy, they kind of get the boys to help them and, and the boys, you know, are kids, so they don't quite, yeah. quite get it. And yeah. then what was kind of cool is then you see this sort of flip as the theme of the episode and, and how Laverne gets herself into trouble with the situation by being a decoy because she likes yeah. the guy and she's in, into the guy. And yeah. then surely having to have the heart to heart talk with her about like, hey, are you doing this because you really want to be around him? But it's like you're not into this kind of stuff. Like you're you're yeah. putting you basically you're investing a lot into his life rather than having him come to yeah. invest in yeah. yours or finding the place to meet in the middle. Yeah, or basically that uh, she's again coming this close to getting herself killed just yeah. to please him. And right, she's like, yeah. don't and, do that. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, I mean, I, I, I like Norman, you know, he's a, yeah. he's a, he's a cool guy, you know, I mean, yeah. it's not like I know his badge number, 91604, yeah. uh, but, <laughs> but he, um, he's not, he's not worth going through all that trouble for, you know, Laverne. 
Yeah. Even I think that he's my favorite Lerone boyfriend. Of all of her boyfriends, he is my absolute favorite out of all of them. I am. I'm, guys, I'm definitely excited to see more of him, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get more from season two. Season two is a lot of fun. We get some really good appearances from them. And the guy who portrays him mm. writes several episodes. The series. Mm. Yeah. He wrote my one of my another one that I really like, which is two of our weirdos are missing, which I've mentioned I think a couple of episodes ago. But he that's what he wrote in season two. Okay, hmm. so what do you think about our villain here? Oh man. You know, I, I, it's like I have to, I have to remember to kind of peel back the yeah. layer of being a person of today and how, you know, it, it, uh, it's a little stigmatizing, you know, yeah. but it's also yeah. then having to remind myself, hey, how many Giallo movies do you watch in a year? Sure. Um, but I love that when, he, when confronted, it's entirely a case of, you know, eh, man's got to make a living. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, but physically he's amazing. I love how he just drive straight into that role with like complete just complete abandon yeah um it's 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 hilarious and uh and he looks good in a poodle scrot not gonna not gonna lie to me honestly like they're being very very careful not to mock even people who cross dress he's just a guy putting this clothing on so he can make money and right. if he makes it's, money it's, killing people so be it yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely a, not making fun of trans people. Thank you know, just to put that right. There. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a uniform. Yeah, he's not. Um, I mean, this isn't like you know a controversial thing like um, what you call it? Uh, was that film the freaking movie Cruising? You know, it's oh, not God, like that. I have not seen Cruising, but I've heard of Cruising. I as have I. Yeah, and I've heard it's uh, yeah, and I yeah. found out where one of the inspirations are coming from. But we'll talk about that after the air. Apparently, um, I that got a lot of got Razzie nominations, which I found interesting. I I'm not um, that's, that's what I know about it is that I get nominated for Razzies. Uh, I know it was very controversial. I know, uh, folks were protesting it because of its portrayals. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm gonna say. And as I was an infant when it came out, so otherwise I would have been on the probably would have been on the picket lines along with my fellow LGBTQ mm-hmm. activists. Yeah, possibly. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, it's it's freaking that dude doesn't know, uh, does yeah. not know subtlety or tact. Yeah. Really yeah. doesn't know tact. <laughs> um, but anyway, sorry, sorry everyone. That was another of our our, our tangential uh, rants into cinema <laughs> history. Um, yeah, it's again come for the Laverne and Shirley, stay for the William Freakin obscure uh, controversial movie discussion. Eventually, somehow we're going to end up referencing "Can't Stop the Music." We'll get there. We'll get there somehow. <laughs> and trying to go over my notes and see if there's any other thing. Um, yeah. Okay, one thing before I forget, because this yes. this was funny, was my uh, and part of this is a is a mixture of different references. But um, as soon as the uh, the line the line oh my where's my angora sweater came up, my immediate thought was uh, oh no Ed Wood's been here in reference to the uh, which I believe is a sinister urge reference sorry sinister urge episode of Mystery Science Theater three thousand where. When yeah. realizing it's an Ed Wood film, um, suddenly Crow cries, oh no, my agoraphobia. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That takes me back. Gosh, I haven't seen the uh, Ed Wood episodes of MCDK in a while now. Kind of yeah. want to yeah, know. Br- yeah, because it's Sinister Urge, Bride of the Monster, and... Oh, um... Oh, crap, I can't remember. It's the one with the, the women gang. I can't remember. Yeah, uh, uh, no, no, no. Uh, oh, 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 I'm going to say the wrong one. 
I'm gonna say the wrong one. Ah, uh, violent years. No, violent yes. years. Violent it years. was violent that's years. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the violent years. The violent years was the girl gang. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. And uh, the girl dies of pregnancy, yep. which is always a horrible thing. That's right. <laughs> newspaper. Yeah, newspaper man's daughter runs with a vicious girl gang, written by Edward D. Wood Jr. Okay. Again. Yeah. So come yeah. for the Vernon Shirley. Stay for the movie discussions. Yes. We'll we'll leave. Yeah. Some point we're just going to make a movie podcast. We'll finally, we'll finally take the jump. <laughs> and I'll just I don't know start... how we'll find the time, but <laughs> Fine. yeah. Anyway, so so back on track. Yes. Um, so what what would you rate this episode? This is about midstream for me. This is about a four. No, I'd probably put about five. It's a darn good episode. Perfectly workman like great appearance for Norman Hughes for the very first time. Get to see him. Um. Little good dialogue bits, great flow. Uh, it's just not my absolute favorite from this season or from the series. Mm-hmm. What about you? For me, I'd put it at like kind of a six, like right there at a six. Because I agree, the as much as I have a lot to praise about the episode, they're more in the individual moments rather than the kind of cohesive whole. You can definitely feel the jokes were really coming together, but that they're not integrated. You know, the pacing of this, of it is a little difficult. Like it feels as if the whole loved for being you has no setup in the first half of the episode. And yeah. so it doesn't really, it just kind of feels like it makes a bit of a leap because you're already, your brain is still ticking on the humor and they're still trying to give you the zingers. Even when Shirley's trying to warn Laverne, why are you doing this? You know, are you doing yeah. this for the right reason? Yeah. And so, it just doesn't feel as as integrated. So I mean, I, I what's there I really enjoy, but I feel like there's other episodes in the season so far, and I think other ones we'll be discussing coming up soon yes. that kind of tie the room together a little better. Yes, yes, they are the best rugs in the entire season. Mm-hmm. But so that's it's a good episode. It's not the best episode, but it's worth watching. Is what we'll mm-hmm. what we'll say. Yeah, it's worth watching. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it for this week. I think that is it for this week. Awesome. Well, thank you again, everyone, so much for joining us. And we'll uh, we'll be back next time with, um, I think, oh, that's right. I think next week is uh, is High Neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It's one of my favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully you'll be ex- as excited as we are about that episode once we uh, go through it. And, yeah. Anyway, you can check us out on Twitter, uh, NightPC, because Twitter doesn't like full words or sentences, apparently. <laughs> And as well, we are uh, able to be found as Night After Night Pod on most different services or different places. We have a um, we have a Facebook page. We have the uh, the Patreon, the WordPress for keeping track of things a little bit, and uh, so on and so forth. And as well, just you know, just keep keep an eye out for Night After Night, you know, because it's it's what we do here. We Night After Night go through this fun show and entertain ourselves and hopefully entertain you. And we thank you so much for joining us on this journey. Thank you so much. And, just continue uh, and, to listen and, to this podcast. Stay with yeah. the same podcast night after night. Ignore Squiggy. <laughs> Ignore Squiggy, as the girls would say. Oh, that's right. Good point. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that's gonna be that's gonna be it for us. And I guess we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.